Hi everyone, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. I'm David Campbell. And I'm Joseph Whitney. This is Brewing with BIM. Where we talk about construction processes, technology, BIM, and beer. Welcome to another episode of Brewing with Ben. What's up, David? Long time no see, much, Joe. Yeah, I know, dude. Long time no talk, long time no see. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, uh, I see you got a beer in your hand, uh, Ninkasi. Mm. It is Ninkasi Brewing Company. It's a Peach Maiden, the shade. So it's a summer IPA limited release. How much peach is in there, man? I'm like not a actually. Big fan. Dude, it's actually pretty good. Like it's not too peachy, but it's got it's got a um, well, it's got, I mean, it's got, I, I would say quite a bit of peach in it, but it's not as, it's not too sweet, like overpowering. Yeah. Like I yeah. like, there's, there's a few imitation flavors that I just can't stand. And I don't know if it's imitation or not, but like, yeah, like, I, I like most fresh likely. peaches. Yeah. Yeah. Most likely it's yeah. synthetic esters or you know. natural flavors. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Well, well, uh, dude, that, that means, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the question for quotation marks yeast is a natural flavor come on <laughs> uh, people uh anyways yeah. I, we're not knocking it i don't know but um like so there's a few uh synthetic flavors i just can't stand man uh fake banana fake peach uh fake banana is by far the most disgusting flavor there <laughs> ever is or was you know like you get those runts and then you get those you shape like the oh, banana lip. yeah those are oh those just make me want to vomit i just i can't what about the so, uh, banana laffy taffy no, I can't, dude. It's so oh, gross, dude. man. Yeah, nope. Oh, and green, and um, um, green apple. That is another d- disgusting flavor for me. I, I just, <laughs> this is nothing what an apple tastes like. That's funny, man. No, I, I uh, it's funny, but during my deployments, like, that's what I drank overseas was banana milk. It was fake <laughs> banana flavored milk in a little box. It was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> I used that stuff for everything. It was awesome. I uh I love those banana laffy taffies too. <laughs> oh like man. It. You're I can't stand that. cinnamon though. I can't stand cinnamon and then oh fake cherry. Fake cherry just kills me. Mm-mm. Yeah, fake fake cherry, fake strawberry. Like you get the oh, strawberry yeah. sauce and like desserts. It's like this isn't strawberry. Yes. Yeah. This is like yeah. yeah. But oh, the, those, uh, those Christmas chocolate covered cherries. Oh, those things are that like. Yeah. Oh, it just explodes in your mouth as soon as you bite into it. Oh, it's making my stomach turn thinking about it. So can't. So Ooh. what about? Um, so you said fake cinnamon and stuff. What about? Um, what, what is the liquor? Fireball. Oh, actually, so you got me there. Usually I don't like um, fake cinnamon, but that stuff, Fireball or Jack Fire, I can take a few shots of, but then uh, my stomach's on fire after that. Yeah. Like literally causes an inferno. So <laughs> and I know you who in the office you'd be drinking those with. And I'm just going to say it is not me. I do not drink that stuff. Cinnamon and whiskey do not belong in the same sentence, <laughs> let alone the same building. I am sorry, Kevin. Oh. I know, you know, this. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, Kevin bought me some fireball shots. <laughs> oh, man. I bought him like oh, a yeah. two gallon container one year, man. Like he, he loves that stuff. I, just, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. But uh, speaking of whiskey, man, what I've got here, uh, I was up in Rochester 
the prominent whiskey region of New York. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can you say with a straight face? Um, my mother-in-law, though, she was like, oh, yeah, you got to try, you know, this this uh, distillery or this or that. And um, I stopped off at the liquor store uh, picking up a um, graduation gift for my brother-in-law. And uh, while I was up there, I noticed that, you know, hey, they've got this whiskey literally made in like Rochester, just outside of Rochester, uh, called Iron Smoke. And I really like the name. I like the bottle. They've got a skull on it, you know, smoking a pipe and stuff. It's pretty, pretty cool. Um, you know, love the little artisanal craft distiller. So I wanted to give it a try. Um, I tried it by itself. Um, I'm not ranking it up there very high. It's not like a you know, a whistle pig or anything like that. It, it is yeah. pretty good. It's decent. Like it's, it's, it's a good, you know, it's something I, I drink and make cocktails out of. So it's what I've done. I've uh, got a, a whiskey and Coke here, man. And uh, I've got like a, nice. I don't know how big this is like 40 ounces, freaking massive tumbler I got. Yeah. But uh, so I'm going to be feeling good towards the end of this, man, as I keep topping yeah. that off. But um, yeah, it's not bad, man. Uh, it, you know, it's be- funny. I keep uh, I keep thinking you know tomorrow we're supposed to leave to Indiana right we're gonna head we're gonna drive cross country from Oregon over to Indiana to see some family uh, spend some time with my grandpa before he passes um, and I've been thinking about it like man what am I gonna get while I'm there I should try to get something you know from Indiana or from Illinois you know something kind of um, some kind of whiskey some kind of drink. And every time I, I start thinking about it, I'm like, I do not want corn whiskey. I do not want corn whiskey. No, not for me, man. That stuff, like, if it is clear. It'll, like, it'll make you blind by the end of the oh, night, man. Oh, buddy. Oh, oh. man. Woo. But if you give me some, actually, I'll tell you what, though. If you give me some good southern moonshines from Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, West Virginia moonshine, oh, I'm all over it. I have a weakness for that stuff. I'm like an hour from West Virginia, man. I, I'll, I'll hook you up. But... <laughs> there you go. Yes, yeah. dude. Man, oh, they put the peaches in the bottom. Dave is gone. I'll eat the peaches too. I'll see you guys in like two days. <laughs> <laughs> Hung over as. Oh, oh man. Oh. God. Oh, man. Well, uh, today, man, uh, is going to be a good episode. We were chatting about uh, this. Uh, you've had uh scanner for quite some time man i got a little stink bug just popped up and landed on my computer don't want to crush him no definitely not yeah one second guys are everywhere now yep yep i um my office is in the basement all right mine too take care of this one second all right mine too i got a i got a cat i keep watching over here guys i got a we we got a new uh well she's she's new to us uh she's about a year old she's a Norwegian forest cat uh long haired beautiful um, we took her from an older uh, older friend from church who uh, she had her husband pass away and she just couldn't take care of her anymore so made her part of the family and she loves it down here in my uh, downstairs basement office and I keep looking at her because she keeps uh. She's kind of wanting to jump up on my desk. I have to try and keep her off of my desk because if not, she is, just gets up here and rolls all over everything. I love the cat. She's one of those big, big, like she's a big cat and she's a lover. So she just rolls all over everything. And then she's got her hair. Like, oh my gosh, stay off my desk. I love you. I love you. Stop stepping on my keyboard. Don't step on my computer. And she's unplugged my, my headphones. I'll get up. I'll get up in the morning, right? And I got a meeting. 
and I'm getting ready for my meeting and I'm like, Hey, Hey guys, how's it going? And I'm like, what's, what's going on? And I realized like my headphones are unplugged and the cord is laying somewhere over there. And I'm like, what is going That's on? That's just like batting the little wire. <laughs> yeah. Around. Takes it off. I'm like, man, all right. Oh, she, man. Then she'll get on my lap. Like, okay. All right. I forgive you. You got a little uh, podcast mascot there, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 Most of the time I try to keep the camera off because at some point I don't know when she's going to randomly jump up here, <laughs> make an appearance. <laughs> you, you'll end up on some like Zoom or Microsoft Teams meet like. Um, I'm going to be that bingo spot for somebody. Yeah, who's That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be in some like montage on what not to do on a remote meeting, uh, you know, on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Don't let yeah. your pets in the same room. Yes. Meanwhile, I've don't got keep your breakables on the second shelf with cats. Oh, that'd be a good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but <laughs> they they definitely knocked over all of my stuff up there. I had like my medals, I had a little shadow box, you know, and stuff. And man, all I heard was doo doo, and I'm like, gosh, dang it, guys! I had two cats, and they just like to sleep on my shelves. And there's a whole other room. I even got a couch in here take the couch <laughs> yeah yep other oh, cats man. they're there to mess stuff up well yeah uh, i always think of cartman like i do me have wow i do me have wow respect my authority <laughs> yeah oh man i joined five gangs and i commit hate crimes i do what i want i do what i, want. I was like oh my god dude. beef cake yeah beef cake. right that's such a great show. Uh, I don't even know if it's still on, man. I'm sure it is. It's probably oh, running like 40 seasons strong, 50 seasons yeah. strong. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. Well, um, well, hey, man. So you had the scanner. Uh, I think now's probably a good time to talk about layout, scanning. This would be a good episode. Yeah. Um, that, and uh, we'll see how the, the evening progresses the more we drink, man. Yeah, see where the tangents take us, right? So, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I, actually, this week it was pretty awesome. I've been working with the GLS 2000. Um, I got to, um, well, learn some errors in thinking, right, in the ways that I was thinking from a total station. A scanner is not a total station. Um, I mean, in, in some ways, you know, you have to calibrate it to where you are, things like that. But just the different um, things that you need to think of as you're going through scanning, you know, creating your new stations, making sure you're not stacking on top of something, recognizing targets, setting up your targets, you know, and just different things like that when you're going through and scanning, um, just to kind of make sure your scan aligns properly. It comes in when you go to process it. But uh, this this past week, I was fortunate enough to um, be a part of a project um, where I was sent an already processed scan, which was cool. That's good for me, right? Less work I got to do. But um, I actually had the pleasure of taking that scan into Edgewise, running it through, and then um, taking that into Revit for layout, right? And of course, we want to um, kind of document all of our as-built existing conditions. And really, it was like a tenant was coming into a warehouse. They're building a new um, new area for the tenant. And then we thought, okay, you know, it would actually be great as a receiving window, and you know break room kind of thing and when they go to do this uh, layout it would be nice if they knew kind of where everything was so we used point layout and sent it up to BIM 360 to use uh, BIM 360 layout and it was a lot of fun actually kind of 
I mean, it, it had its moments, right? You always got your, your, your learning curves. And I'm thinking with Edgewise, I get everything. I got to clean things up. Of, as you know, point clouds can be noisy. And um, take a drink of water because you gotta you gotta hydrate while you dehydrate. That's the key, man. I I have a I uh, broke my water bottle recently. My son likes to chew on the rubber spouts. Yeah. And so uh, I got this one from work from an event. So it's got our brand on it on one side. But uh, yeah. So now I'm just like, man, try try breaking this one, you little bastard. Man. <laughs> Solid, solid steel one, man. Yeah. It's actually aluminum. Dude, I don't know why I said I got that. a cup. I got this. Uh, it's upstairs now because I trust me. I cannot keep hold on to it for some reason. I mean, it's my own fault. I will let it sit somewhere for probably longer than five to ten seconds. And if I do, my kids think that my water cup is theirs. So then they take it to all different locations throughout the house, and then I feel like I'm crazy. Or <laughs> like I know I set my water cup here. Where did it go? I didn't bring it out here, but, you know, there it is. You'll find it but, two uh, hours later with a peanut butter ring around it from oh, a kid dude, after he's eating a peanut I hate sandwich. that so much, yeah. Or, or just fingerprints, like peanut oh butter fingerprints gosh. all over it. And you're like, like oh, uh, I got to go wash it. Go, yeah, this is going to get washed now. <laughs> yes, oh, man. the joy of having kids. Hashtag parenthood. But, oh. um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I mean. It was um it it was a really good time to be able to take that through you know and I realized I was overmodeling it at one point you know because I get it from Edgewise and and the beautiful thing about Edgewise um it, it's kind of algorithms was if you if you scan the outside and the inside of the building Edgewise will automatically detect the wall thickness for you right which is cool that's awesome but when you take it into Revit and I'm looking at the scan. I'm like, oh, I know that's an eight inch CMU wall and they got a two by four wall in front of it, you know, or, and then they got five eighths inch chip. So at some point I'm like, oh, I, I need to go ahead and start modeling this stuff when really it, it's, it's looking at your scope, right? I had to analyze the scope and where my work was going to be. And once I realized where that work was going to be, I realized, okay, I have to just detail this portion of it, not everything else, you know, and, and kind of get that that model like that. You want it to be accurate, right? We know this. We don't want to just quickly throw something together and put it out the door. No, but you don't in, in, in a way, um, well, I was going to say it actually speeds it up quite a bit, but you're not lacking that quality, right? You still get that thickness. You still can adjust from that scan kind of how it's detailed in Revit to show the level of detail that you actually need for the job. And then you do your layout, you push it up to BIM 360 layout. And what's beautiful about being in BIM 360, I mean, if I'm thinking of it from receiving that data is that if there's anything wrong when I get out to the field, I can communicate that. I can create an issue, right? And say, hey, um, this is this, or this is wrong. Can we have this updated? This has changed or, hey, you know what? If they have something like uh, the new BIM 360 layout, if one of my points is off or if I'm actually missing something that, uh, you know, maybe I missed something in the scan, I don't know. But um, if I miss something somewhere, they can actually lay it out, place a point for me, right, from the field so I can see it in the office and, and know in my model, hey, that's this is here at these measurements or these this is exact location. Yeah, yeah. Sick. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that workflow, obviously. You know my history with yeah. layout there, but yeah. Um, but uh, there was one thing I wanted to get back to while you were talking about 
bringing stuff in from uh, Edgewise. I know you learned a pretty funny lesson this week while working with Edgewise and not the resale license. Um, oh, yes. Yes, that was fun. <laughs> I was got that export. Oh, yeah, dude. I was, I, let me tell you guys, not for resale license. You can only export so many elements. And at that point, I'm sitting there like, <sighs> do I model this myself or do I try to take in those elements? And it doesn't let you pick which 16 elements. So it doesn't let you pick the elements. It just says, this is what you get. So I'm like, I don't know if I needed that one. Cause I don't think that's an actual wall. That's just an observed surface, you know, <laughs> different things like that. Uh, all right. Well, you got a sorted, you got a full license now. So that's good. Yes. I, um, I was able to get a full license and, I also realized that um, if you you are doing point cloud processing as something like Edgewise, you bring it into Revit, a lot of times the database will come with it so you can see it, but you won't have <clears throat> the ability, I mean, in, in using the like the plugin, you wouldn't be able to normally see it, um, like the point cloud behind the model, but you can insert that point cloud in and then kind of go through and model if you need to with that point cloud on and bring in those elements from edgewise and if if everything goes and, and i hope it does if everything goes kind of as planned with the scan itself once you insert with shared coordinates that scan should go exactly where it needs to go so that building in the scan that edgewise model that you bring in and that scan itself should line up perfectly but as we all know that's if everything goes right <laughs> That's if everything goes right. Yeah, you ran into some other issues with aligning your point cloud, right? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, yes, oh, I did. Man. I ran into so many issues aligning my point cloud. Like, I mean, well, not just the scanning and then learning that lesson, but with aligning the point cloud with Edgewise at first, I was trying to overdo it. And I kept bringing it in. I'm like, all right, let's do origin to origin. And, well, that's not working. Okay, bring center to center. No. That's not working until finally I called you and you're like, dude, why don't you just do in shared coordinates? I'm like, well, all right. Hey, lined right up. There it went. <laughs> don't don't put it on me, man. I was just pulling stuff out of my butt, man. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's what it takes. You know, it's funny. Yeah. But uh, that's one of the reasons why sometimes I'll just call you and straight up, you know, Joey will answer. Be like, what's up, man? And I'm like. Dude, I got to talk through this for a minute. I just need you to listen, and I got to figure this out <laughs> just so I have somebody to talk to and, and spit things out at. And I can start, as I'm talking, kind of going through my thoughts, like, oh, this makes sense, this makes sense. And Joey's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, yes, okay, yes. Oh, that does make sense. All right. <laughs> I, I love solving problems like that because I never present the solution, but somehow <laughs> I get credit for the solution. I love it, man. That's like the uh, – yeah. Back in the days when I was doing tech support and I was solving problems and people, they would just be rambling, like going off like, oh, and then this and this happened, this happened. But I wonder if I did this and this happened. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then they'll do it. And it's like, it works like, oh, my God, you saved my life. Like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, yes, You're I welcome. did. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I did nothing. Awesome. But, uh, oh, man. But you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Oh, gosh, I'm going to have that Moana song stuck in my head now. Thank you. Oh, man, we watch it like twice a month, at least twice a month. It was actually just a conversation yesterday. I had to uh, – Rose broke her cup, her latest water cup. All of my kids have to have water cups. 
especially if we ever go on any drive in the vehicle, no matter how far it is, uh, my kids are very much like me in this sense. They have to have water with them, like at all times. So Rose recently broke her water cup and I was like, okay, we got to go get her a new one. I went to Target and, you know, Target has all the best stuff for kids cups. So I went in there and it was the choice between Frozen or Moana. And Were they the Contigo brand? Yep. I love that brand, man. They're, they're so yeah, good. Yeah, it is. It was awesome. Honestly, um, the last cup that we had, it was, it was great. Like I, all the other kids' cups have uh, have done awesome. I don't. She's she's in that stage of like five or six, right, where she kind of throws those temper tantrums still. And I think that cup probably caught the floor or something too many times. <laughs> so yeah. it just that's it. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, yeah, they're great cups. Like I said, every road trip when we go camping and stuff, that's what we take with us. And they got water. Yeah, well, that's actually like a really good idea. So. Think about this, man. You're you're driving somewhere with the kids, and I know the military guy and you, you're going to think about this. You're driving somewhere with the kids, your car breaks down, you're stranded for hours. Mm-hmm. You got water, man. Like, oh, yeah. That's all you, you can live for days without food, but you got water, man. You're, no matter yeah. what, you're, you're, you're good. Like, yeah. you're starting off on the right foot. But anyways, that's a more kind of mentality. No, it's funny, but you you can't you can't I can't even tell you how many times that like made me um, made something better, kind of made it made the situation better because we were stuck out somewhere or the drive took a little bit longer than we thought it would, and I happened to bring on I actually typically bring all of their water cups full and then I actually have an additional gallon of water in the car just in case I have to do Phillips. Nice. Um, yeah, because typically I will have to do a couple fill-ups. So um, it, it just made it so much easier a lot of times, especially on those bigger car rides, because you never know when a kid's going to be like, I'm thirsty, and they're freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. We could go for a five-minute drive, and my daughter's like, I'm so thirsty. Yeah, like, dude. Yeah. You just drank water before we left the house. So. Mm-hmm. Always packing a water bottle is a, a great idea. Um, the, it's a double-edged sword, though, because then they'll have to pee. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's when you got to try to be like, hey, hey, just don't drink it too fast. Don't drink, Save it. we got to save it. <laughs> Why are you gulping back there? You're not dehydrated. <laughs> I am uh, not wanting to stop in an hour and a half because you got to pee. My, so we we're, we didn't do a cross-country trip like, you, like you're about to take, but uh, – we got to Rochester quite a bit. My wife's family's in upstate New York. It's a whole moving, uh, reason for moving to Pennsylvania. Um, close enough, but not close enough. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, it's like a four-hour track, four-and-a-half-hour track. And um, uh, my wife is pregnant, uh, as you know. And uh, so even with COVID going on, we're still stopping every hour on the hour, man. Like, you haven't drank water in two hours. How are you still peeing? She's like, I don't know. I just got to. <laughs> And uh, it is what it is. But uh, anyways, I, I dove us off on a tangent, um, uh, and I don't even know how we got here, but it's the nature of our podcast, I guess. Um, we're dads. We're both dads, dude. It yeah, we're we're both dads. But we were talking about uh, edgewise and scanning, and yeah. um, you you were talking about uh, aligning those point clouds, turning stuff off. We were talking about NFRs. Yeah. Um, but 
once you got all that stuff done, like once you get the point clouds, yeah. I mean, like, what is your deliverable at the end of this that you're trying to do? Like, what was the big thing that really drove it home that the so point for me, allowed you to do? Well, I mean, for me, it was honestly, um, I, I I actually went back and forth with myself there for a little bit. Would it be would it be more uh, I don't want to say cost efficient, but time efficient to model this from this scan, which the scan that I got had all the distances, had all the measurements in it. Um, it was in recap. I could go through, click on all the little bubbles to go through the pictures. Right, um, <clears throat> nice scan. And honestly, I probably, I mean, it was a little confusing in terms if you don't know what you're looking at when you pull it into something like Revit. You know, looking at these walls, and when you're looking at it, oh, that looks like drywall, but this is a 12-inch wall. Why is this a 12-inch wall? No, it's not 12-inch. You know, CMU that they put some furring strips on. No, this is 8-inch CMU that they actually just put a two by four wall and, you know, drywall on the face of it, being able to kind of determine some of those factors from that scan. But I, I'd say, you know, I, I was I was weighing, is it worth it to scan it? Not really scan it, but in terms of model it from the scan or put it through edgewise. And um, what I realized is there was a lot of, not a lot of cleanup to get the walls out, right? Um, to get the walls, things like that but with observed surfaces, things like that, making sure there's not a lot of noise inside of your uh, point cloud and adjusting your tolerances to find um, items that you really want to. If you're trying to find some pipes, you need to adjust the amount, like the number of points that you wanna find or want to use to create an object, right? Um, different well, the, things like that. The, the pipes uh, module is actually very interesting because you can actually have it find pipes for you, but you can set the the level of tolerance, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, um, so, like, if you're very loosey goosey, you just wanted to go ahead and model some stuff, and you'll fix it later. Just slap that baby on over, and uh, you know, let bad it just idea. yeah, yeah, bad bad juju. <laughs> I get it. Bad, but, bad juju, yeah. But but at the end of the day, but you're I mean, just gonna get a bunch of learn. yeah, you're gonna get a bunch of pipes though that you can manipulate once you get them into Revit. It'll be. Yep. It's easier in my mind to clean up stuff once you're once you're in Revit. Um, yeah. Well, but, dude, I mean, honestly, at that point though, what I learned is you're going back and forth from Revit to the scan. Right. And like for me, it was there was a warehouse and they had an active mechanic shop in there, and <clears throat> they had some forklifts. So I learned the hard way that um, you need to adjust your, you know, and you got to play with the tolerances and kind of adjusting it here and there because all of my forklifts, uh, all of the forklifts turn into pipes. All of the fire extinguishers turn into pipes. All of the cans of like lubricant WD-40, all the oil, all that stuff on their shelves turn into Anything pipes. Anything cylindrical like, turn yes. into a pipe. I love it, Everything cylindrical turned into a pipe. And I'm like, I am. this is way too much. Which of one of these are actually pipes though? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah okay I, yeah. I get that the, let's take out everything except for the sprinkler system at this point <laughs> so, so what about um so you talked about the point cloud but and and the actual revit families but what yeah. about a mesh i mean that's somewhere in between uh, it's usable have you done anything with meshes inside of revit on this uh, project i haven't or? done too much with layout with meshes now that is the, that's an interesting actually uh aspect i, well, I was thinking about for this project there's nothing to lay out from from oh. a scan in my mind i don't think i think of a scan as 
as built existing conditions. Yeah, it's existing. And you can model off of that and use the Revit, the new yeah, families exactly. for layout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing um, I see really there is when you start getting elements that interact with, um, like, if, if you're not if you're not just designing part, like, let's say a new portion, but you're actually going into the existing structure to you know, place new doors or windows or, you know, pass-throughs, what have you, and you got to put new supports in, things like that, or you want to lay out for those. So it, it, it does get um, a little weird in those processes because you can't really section out a point cloud in terms of new construction and existing, right? I can't, I can't just clip away points of that uh, point cloud, essentially, to adjust it to show, hey, I'm, I'm doing this or taking this out, but all of the rest of this is existing. Um, so meshes are nice kind of in that, in that aspect too, but also for everyone kind of curious, BIM 360 will not accept scans right now. I, I tried, I tried and I, I pushed all of the database information with it and I could not get it, but learned that if you're trying to associate a scan in BIM 360, it will accept a mesh. So I can place a mesh point cloud into BIM 360 from Recap. I don't remember if it was Revisto or Revisto or Sintu. Uh, One of them does meshes and it ties directly mm -hmm. into um, uh, BIM 360. At least somebody was telling me this on LinkedIn. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I've never tried it. I don't have well, access to I mean, I think that'd software. be an interesting thing to check out because that's kind of the workflow that we're talking about here. Yeah. And that's one of the big drawbacks is if I could use a complete scan in BIM 360 and know where my my new, you know, I, I would just link in that point cloud to my little model, right? Whatever I'm going to do if I'm a, um, you know, drywall contractor for metal stud layout and things like that. I know I just have to model this portion and I can go. Everything else I can enter that point cloud. If I can link them together, that's that's good for me. But you, you can at this current point I, I've without using a match. Yeah, I've pitched it to development teams. We'll see what happens. Um, as far as the BIM 360 layout portion, though, you were mentioning that you you got it from your scan, you created your model on Edgewise, you did some uh, further development on the model, and then you pushed it up to BIM 360 layout. Yeah. Uh, were you using next gen or I say next gen, next current gen. version? Yeah, okay. coordination. Yeah, I, I loaded it up into BIM 360 uh, docs. And okay. For those of you who don't know, and it is very exciting news, uh, model coordination, which used to be glue, right? It's BIM 360 glue. It's now BIM 360 model coordination-ish. I mean, it's clash detection, all that kind of stuff. But the big note about that for anyone who's been following is that um, BIM 360 coordinate, uh, model coordination, actually now works off of the project files, not just your plan files inside of BIM 360. That is huge, right? Yeah. So as these central models, as these models kind of update, as these links update, man, we are able to automatically clash them as they're going through and we're working on them instead of disconnecting it and sending it up into those plan files. And that's also huge for layout, right? Because now we can start to use, which I know you don't want to use a you know, in, in in progress model for layout, because at that point you could be laying out these well, points and if they change, bad juju. Well, the, the biggest benefit to me has nothing to do with the design aspect, or as, as we're talking for layout, it's the mm -hmm. ability to save to BIM 360 docs 
using the yeah. desktop connector from inside of yeah. Revit without having design, but being able to push directly from there to the project files rather than having to upload uh, to the web version to get to the plan section because if you don't have design, you know, it's that's the best definitely true. desktop connector. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably the best, in my mind, that's what I'm thinking. And, and this is kind of twofold. The reason why this happened, um, one, Autodesk is building out desktop connector to build it to be its own um, own product. It's got its own development teams now. It's it's going to be this really, really uh, yeah, it's going to be this really uh, fully baked tool eventually. It's It was already great. It was kind of like a... And afterthought, like a means to end, like we need this so this map drive so that we can connect to this in a certain way. Well, now they're like, oh my gosh, we can actually put all these functionalities in there. But after working with, um, uh, you know, some some awesome guys over at uh, Autodesk, you know, shout out to Zach Kramal, all that sort of stuff. Um, he let me know that so Autodesk kind of did a reshifting and coordinate the coordination team. Um, that Zach was on. So Zach was on layout and coordination. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all actually now all part of the same team as design. They're all on the same team. So it made sense for them to tear down that wall and move coordination into project files as well. Um, yep. as, as they're part of the same team, it just it just kind of, you know, clicked. Worked good. Yep. But, um, you know, that's one of the things I love about BIM 362, dude. I, I mean, and you know, love it or hate it, but you got to think, it's constantly evolving. It's constantly growing. And Autodesk is continuously listening to feedback and kind of adjusting that platform to make it what what we need, right? Yeah, I've always heard like some people, you know, some people say, oh, well, it's not a fully baked product then if they're always developing it. I'm like, no, 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 no. It is a fully baked product. It is an amazing product and it works so well. But Autodesk is continually looking for ways to advance it and make it better. And this is this is amazing. We get updates every two weeks. Like yeah. this is like literally where all the development is happening at Autodesk. Essentially, all products are going to tie into this. Um, we got Navisworks issues. You know, you can open issues uh, directly from BIM 360 and Navisworks and view those issues into your desktop application. Again, that's going to come to other applications as well. Like they're continually baking out these features. They're just making it more intuitive, more easy to use, and better. Um, and, and, and what would you rather buy a piece of software that never updates or a piece of software that is continually evolving to make itself smarter or better and easier to use? Yeah. And I, you're looking at that as an investment too, is really what you should be doing. And if you're thinking of that investment, do you want that investment that, you know, this is where it is and that's what it's going to be. Or do you want to invest in this is where it is and this is where we're going to go. Like this is where we yeah. can take it. Well, I always tell people <laughs> buy off of the today. The today. So if you are going to buy software, buy off of the capabilities it has today. Yep. So no matter what, always make sure it fits your needs. It's a good company fit, and that makes yep. sense. Um, but at the same time, always look to the future. Like you know, this is just your your second thought. Like okay, if it can fulfill all these needs for me today, tomorrow, what is it going to do for me? Is it going to push yep. me further? Or is it going to be the same product that I bought today without any updates? Yeah. Well, any you got to think, what is it like the, the two, five, and ten, two years, five years, ten years? What are your goals in those increments? How do you want to grow? Where, you know, do you want to grow? And if you if you can look at something like that and think, okay, this is where I am now. This is what I need. But in this many years, this, this time frame, I want to be here. This is my path. If you can help document like, I don't want to say document that, but if you can think about what that is 
and then kind of make that path to those goals. I mean, and if you can grow with something, I think that's that's beneficial as well. If you know that something is going to evolve with you or maybe before you're ready, before you're even ready to get there, but it has those capabilities. Yeah, yeah I understand. Like, it, I mean, I'm not saying if this is all that you do, but if you're if you're trying to get better in any way, like let's say, you know, you're a GC and you're looking to get into design build, you want to become that design build kind of, uh, you want to have everything in house. Like, okay, cool. That's something that, you know, we could do five, 10 years from now. Maybe right now we're just subbing and, and doing things and we're growing and, and learning, right? But we know that with something like, let's say BIM 360 and, you know, Revit and AutoCAD and everything, you can grow with those different platforms to kind of offer whatever it is you want. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. So I chat with a lot of firms about uh, adopting BIM, not only adopting BIM, but just, um, you know, living in 2D, that's fine, but adopting new processes of digitizing your workflows. Um, and as we cross those conversations, they're like, well, this is too much. Like, I don't need all this. This is more than I, I could ever hope to, you know, achieve. And I'm like, well, that's great. It's more than you can ever hope to achieve. But does it fulfill all the needs that you need in, need today? And then does it give you a five-year, a seven-year, a 12-year plan? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it does. So it kind of gets me back to, so uh, I used to ride motorcycles, uh, you know, one day the, the wife will let me buy another one. Um, I just keep maintaining my motorcycle license every state I move to. I just keep renewing it. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, well, moving, when you move to Oregon, they actually make you retest everything. Um, yeah. So this is where I would, I think this is where I would buy a motorcycle more than when I lived in Indiana, because you can ride almost year round here. And Indiana, you got like three, maybe four months where you can ride. It rains too much, man. Honestly, dude, like, it's not hard rain, but it does rain more than... I see people out, like, dedicated. I'm not that dedicated. I will tell you this. If it is raining, I am not on that bike. I am exactly. not that dedicated. But I see people out here doing it. I'm like, okay. Cool. Well, they have no other choice. They have to ride. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, that's they wasted true, their money, true. man. Uh, so, uh, I rode I in Texas, man. It was literally 12 months out of the year I'd ride. Uh, you know, there might be a week where it was raining nonstop where I didn't get to ride, but I got to ride every month. Um, and it, you know, it's way too hot in the summertime to be standing at a red light. I'll tell you that on a motorcycle, uh, in Texas, but, uh, you plan, you know, uh, an open highway, you know, road trip. It's amazing. Um, so when I moved to Oregon though, they were like, Oh yeah. If, I told them I wanted my motorcycle. I wanted my car because I sold my motorcycle right before we left and the plan was to buy another motorcycle. So I took my motorcycle license and when it came to time to go buy another motorcycle, my wife was like, what are you doing? You're not buying another motorcycle. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm totally buying another motorcycle. It's <laughs> like, no, nah, I don't think you are. It's like, that's ah, what you thought, bro. Yeah, that's what you yeah. thought. So uh, now we go to Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. Pennsylvania and um, uh, they're like, do you want to keep your motorcycle endorsement? And I was like, no, but I might as well get rid of that, I guess. And they're like, are you sure? Because it doesn't, you don't, it, you don't have to test. And I was like, oh, well, if I don't have to test, go ahead and just add it on there, man. What's, what is yeah, it, like 20 bucks? It. Yeah, go ahead and keep it, man. <laughs> yeah, who knows? You know, five years from now, she might change her mind. I just yeah, keep renewing. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm going to ease her into it. She wants jet skis. She wants a boat, all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, those are like motorcycles on the water. You know, I can, yeah. I can uh, parlay this into a motorcycle eventually. There we'll you see. go. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I got, I got another young Dude, one on the way. I really want a boat. 
I want a, I want a boat, and uh, Adrian wants a camper. So oh. I've kind of used that. We've compromised recently to buy me a truck. So we're going to buy uh, me a truck first. Boat camper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Two I'm buying a camper. Oh. <laughs> yes. She'll give me the boat or the, the truck first, and then we get the camper, and then I'll get the boat, I guess. Yeah. We'll see how nice. long that takes. I'm, I'm going to buy a truck, but it's going to be like a, an 80s or 90s beat-me-up truck, like something I don't care about. Something that I can, because I, you know, I'm doing a lot of home projects now. I got oh, this yeah. next project and about to do a new playground, and then I'm about to start remodeling the kitchen. Um, I just need something I can throw lumber in and not worry about it scratching my, the, the interior of my wife's minivan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I've That's already. trucks are beautiful, man. You rhino line that back, and doesn't matter. You, oh, you oh, rhino line care. the bed, it doesn't matter. 80s or 90s truck, I don't give a damn, dude. I'm just gonna. <laughs> Throw whatever I want in there, man. Here's your, you know, two grand. Let me, yep. let me beat yep. the hell out of this truck as long as it runs down the street. Lowe's is like a mile and a half from here, man. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Hey, man. Some of my uh, best, best time. I've had like, I think I've told you this. I've had over 20 vehicles in my life so far. Um, and for people doing the math, that's uh, more, more than one vehicle per year since, since I had my driver's license at 18. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I've had a lot of vehicles, uh, and that doesn't include the the vehicles that I bought and sold as a shade tree mechanic. I do a lot of air quotes after I've drank this whiskey. <laughs> I call this air quote whiskey from now on, man. Air quote. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've I've actually had a lot of vehicles too. I I just I love cars, and then my problem is if I can't do what I want with it, I get bored like with that, that vehicle. And, you know, and if certain things start going wrong with it, and if I start, I start looking at it, you know, when I start thinking about that ROI, all right. Yeah. That mini Cooper, yeah. dude. Oh, That's... dude, you know, so I've decided like, I don't, the mini, the mini is a pain in the butt, but it's actually cheaper to keep the car than oh, it is yeah. to get rid you of know. it. Yeah, you'll lose money either way, but you yeah, exactly. Money. And I'm like, you know what? This this little car, it kind of sucks. And in, in in some ways, I found like I had back surgery in 2011, and um, my back lately has just been kind of weird. But even on long drives in the mini, I go to like uh, Spokane. That's an eight-hour drive, and in that mini, it is not a very comfortable like ride when you yeah. hit those bumps and stuff. I mean, it, it's a it's a fun car to drive. That's what I've found. It's a fun car to drive. You get like 33, 34 miles to the gallon on the highway, you know, and uh, if you fold down the back seats, you can fit a wheelbarrow in there. I did I did this yesterday, so we're good with that. <laughs> I just want to say it's no Honda Fit, man. No. My wife's not a Honda, Honda fit. fit before we got rid of it. That thing was it could hold enough wood to build a shed. It was amazing. <laughs> that thing was a beast. I, just, I like mine because it's turbocharged. When I hear the little blow-off valve, it makes me a little excited. I'm like, okay, I'm not totally – I haven't totally lost everything. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> why I like my little BMW, although it's uh, it, it needs some repair, man. It's uh, I like I, your car, dude. I, I really I like, like your car. I like it too. It's the bi-turbo. It's, it's not a bad model. I not a yep. fan of the four-cylinder uh, BMWs. It, it does yeah. feel like a little underpowered at times because I like to fly, um, yeah. especially if I'm yeah. driving a seven-hour trip. But uh, I'll load in like 
you know, eight foot lumber, man. Like I had, you know, this is before my wife had the minivan. I would, and you know, she'd be at work. I'd be on like a Lowe's run. And I'm like, well, how the hell am I going to get this wood home? So I'll like throw freaking wood in my car and I scratched up the door panels. Like it's just, oh yeah, it needs some, it needs some love, man. It needs a good, it needs, it needs like, you know, 800 bucks in detailing, you know, somebody to come through with a fine tooth comb and, and just fix it all up, man. Oh, dude, I, uh, I made a pretty good size, good good mistake, good size mistake the other day. So I got the GLS, you know, and I got the prism, the pole, the tripod, and everything. And I was uh, putting all the stuff in the mini. And the only way to get a lot of that stuff in the mini, if you fold down the seats and you got to put it in there sideways, right? So I'm looking in there and I'm like, all right, I'm watching one side. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I could put it right up there, and I'm not looking at the spikes in the back. Oh, and I was trying to the- get it around. Dude, I scratched the window, like the back passenger side window, just two little scratch from those spikes, just right. And I was like, oh, oh you're going to oh, see no. those forever, man. They are they're always going to be in the back. And like you're every time you look at your car, you're going to see those, man. I see them every time now. And I'm like, gosh, Dave, good job. Well, good well, job. Well, this is a. Uh... This has been a good tangent, man. Like uh, this gets to, gets us to the point of there, there's such thing as a right tool for the for the job. Um, if you're hauling wood or uh, you know survey equipment or something like that, may, maybe get a truck or a vehicle you don't take care of. I, I know when I was out surveying, we had a we had a truck and we had a um, I think it was like an eight. HHR is that's what is the HHR? Yeah, it's the extended looking PT Cruiser. It's yes, hideous it's as hell. Yep. Okay, it's a, yeah, it's a PT I, Cruiser, but if with I'm an extra honest, I kind of like those. I want, I want the old school woody look to them. If I could, though, if you could give me like a um, one of like the 50s, 60s um, woody kind of uh, delivery panel trucks or panel vans. Oh, I am all about them. Oh, I love Woody's. Don't get me wrong, but an HHR is a far cry from a from a Woody. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is so we, bad. We, it's so bad. We like, had it's ours, coming from uh, a guy who used to drive a Dodge Caliber SRT4. I loved that car. Yeah, I mean the Calibers are nice. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that. They're, that a, they're a station wagon without the yeah. bro. Well, I kind of like that little mini like. It's not a full like hatch. It's like a very narrow or very short window yep. hatch on it. I kind of like yeah. that on the back. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that I could get 500 horse to the wheels and have my kids in the back, you know, and then still have like the the tailgating speakers, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I like the thought of a hatchback. <laughs> no, I, I'm all, I'm with you. I I actually prefer. Uh, so my wife's got a minivan and. It is the most utilitarian vehicle ever. I, I love it. In fact, like if I could, uh, if I was to get another car, I would probably get my own minivan. I, I don't know. No, actually, I take that. Out. I'm gonna get a pickup truck, damn it. But, no, uh, dude. But, yeah. but, but I really like above and above and beyond a, a minivan. The most utilitarian vehicle for me is is the um, the shorter station wagons. So like the Volvo, BMW has one. Um, I think they call them shooting brakes, or maybe it's the the one body style that's that's just a little bit longer, like one yeah. long shooting brake. But uh, like I love those, man. Like they're a hatch, but they still had two rows, and they still had uh, the hatch the hatch space, and you could fit whatever you want in there. And it was awesome, and it yeah. still drove like a car, it rode like a car, didn't ride like a van, yep. truck. Um, yep. But you can. I love. I still yeah. love the uh, 
what is it? Uh, the STI wagons, like the Subaru STI wagons. Oh yeah, yeah. The you know, uh, the Dodge the CTSV wagon. Oh, the CTSV wagon. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, nice oh yeah, and the Dodge Magnum, the Dodge Magnum RT or the SRT8. Oh yeah, I I actually had a the Dodge R- Magnum was the RT. Base, baseline, right? The RT was the baseline, right? No, it was, it was like the, the RX, R R R S or whatever it was. It was like the RS, the ST, and then you have the RT, which is like the 5.7 liter V8, you know, and you have the SRT, which is the 6.1. Oh, yeah. I used, I loved that station wagon, dude. It had a, uh, eight, of course, it had the 5.7 liter V8, but it had this, uh, what was it, like the cylinders would uh, kind of shut off to help save gas. It would it would change yeah. from an eight cylinder to a four cylinder, or eight from to a six. Yeah, I had a, um Infiniti M45. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was too young, and I, you know, I, I thought I made all the money in the world and could afford it. Uh, lo and behold, all my money was going to that car. But uh, mm-hmm. this is like what 2005. I bought a 2003, so it was like two years old. Um, I was like 21 at the time. There's no reason why I should own a sixty thousand dollar vehicle, but it was freaking awesome while I had it, man. The thing was beauty. <laughs> um, like that's what I said about that 150 that I had. That, that oh man. Eco boost. Oh, eight hundred twenty-two dollars a month. That hurt. That was a house payment. I mean, not out here in the Pacific yeah. Northwest, but in the Midwest, that's a house payment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In Texas, I had a uh, 3,400-square-foot house, and my mortgage was 900 bucks a month, man. Jeez. So I, I think uh, <laughs> I'd rather take the house over the truck. Yeah, that's definitely true. That was a sick truck, though. I did like it, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love those trucks. Speaking of, you know, again, with the, the right tool for the right job, that's why I'm hopefully getting this truck, and I should be able to get out to a few more sites that I can't with my mini, obviously just because I cannot active construction sites are not a place for a mini Cooper just to no, that does not. Yeah. Well, not. I've, I've driven. Unless they have a good parking lot. If they have a good yeah. parking lot and I'm all about it. I've driven my <laughs> BMW on some uh, construction sites and got some sideways looks. So now I park like a block away. Uh, walk. I, I just walk, man. I'm yeah. like, not worth I do it. that it's most of the time. The I, like, I love my little car, but I'm like, it's a bright blue little Mini Cooper with, with all a Union gray Jacks like Union Jacks all, all over it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to park a couple blocks away. That said, it. man, it depends on where you're at, too, because uh, we got a buddy, uh, Kevin, uh, that uh, out of Chicago that yep. uh, he was at a job site in Chicago, and he had to do like a 90-point turn to get his F-150 out of the freaking parking lot because he was at a construction site downtown. I was like, man, you don't have any space, man. You probably should have drove a Mini Cooper there. Oh, yeah, dude. I'll tell you what, in Seattle, oh, yeah, Mini is amazing. I can just, I make my way around everything. No problem. Oh, the best thing about Seattle is Uber. (laughs) (laughs) You are not kidding. You are not kidding. I ain't driving, man. I'm done with that. I park up at the golf course at the top of the hill. I'll Uber it to wherever I need to go, man. I'm done with that. Dude, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyways, man, right tool for the right job. Um, <laughs> we got off on a good tangent there. Get off. And See, I don't know if you guys know this, guys. but but I, I love the – I am a car enthusiast. David is as well. Um, uh, we, uh, we, we've done our fair share of tuning vehicles and uh, – 
uh, wasting countless dollars. I, I don't even want to oh, rack it up. Yeah. I told you I've owned 20 vehicles. I don't even want to know how much money I've lost in my lifetime on my vehicles. Um, you know, they always tell us cars are not a good investment. Vehicles no, they're not. are they, not a good investment. They depreciate. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they they're, always depreciate. But man, I still love them. <laughs> I will still throw cars. It's like throwing money at it. Yes. Yeah. Me, me too, me too. So the only, so real quick, the only reason why I ended up with this BMW is uh, it was about two years ago, maybe three years ago. I was at um, it was my right, it was my birthday. It was this time of year because my birthday is in about a week, um, and it was about this time of year. And uh, I really wanted a motorcycle, and my wife goes, "You're not getting a motorcycle. It's not going to happen." And I was like, "What? No, I really want one. You know, whatever." And I think. Um, I think my wife probably, no, no, we had just had our son. Yeah, this was, this was, uh, a few months after we had our, our son, our second child. Um, but anyways, I was like, oh, this, you know, I want, I want a motorcycle. Let me get a motorcycle. But I couldn't find one, uh, or not, I couldn't find one. I, I wouldn't, my wife wouldn't let me get one. So I, I just, you know, I'd look, but I wouldn't, you know, I'd be like half-hearted about it. But anyways, um, I was really looking forward to, uh, I used to have this uh, Audi A4, um, sorry, not A4, S4, um, uh, byline turbo. It was like the 2001 and a half version. It was the V8. I freaking love that car. That thing hauled. It was small, compact, but mean, man. And I really wanted a a rear-wheel drive car that was a V8. And... so, you know, I looked up the car dealerships and this I went to this one car dealership. They said that they, you know, they had a bunch of stuff like that. So I went there and I looked around and they're like, oh, yeah, we don't have that. Sorry. We have this A6. And I'm like, no, we have this uh, newer S4 or S8 or something like that. I was like, no, no, I'm good. Um, but anyways, I started looking around. And at the end of the day, I just I guilted myself so much that I settled on like the cheapest new car that I could get. I was like. No, I'm not gonna buy this car. That's like forty thousand dollars. That one's like, <laughs> I'm just not. Gonna, I'll just buy this yep. twenty-two thousand dollar one. How about her sixteen thousand, whatever it was? Um, I'll just get the cheap one, and that way she won't be too mad at me for coming home with a new car. But I got yeah. a new car. It's funner to drive than a Hyundai Elantra. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For My the problem is lately, dude. I wanted to buy a uh, Toyota 4Runner. Oh, man. But I found like I love Forerunners, but I found that they are so expensive. Like I mean, I, I mean the value of the vehicle. Okay, I cannot say whether it is expensive or no, not. No, it doesn't but depreciate saying, like, much. Like if you look at like, no, a dude, two-year-old or three-year-old, they don't depreciate much. I can't. I can't even buy. Like I've been looking at. You know, if you buy two or three years older, usually you can save some money. But they're damn near the same price as a brand yeah. new one. And yeah. then the only way that I get in my like my price range was I was thinking you know fifteen to twenty maybe twenty five thousand dollars that's Not about as happen. high as I wanted to go. Three hundred thousand no, miles. <laughs> exactly, dude. And I'm like, I am not wanting to deal with it at that point. I am yes. not wanting to deal with it. Oh, hello, Rose. Michael dropped my tablet in the couch. Okay, he dropped your tablet in the couch. Oh well, is it okay? No, I can't reach it. Oh, can you ask Ivory to reach it? I didn't she was laughing at me for it. Okay. All right, well, go ask Ivory and Gabe to help you grab the tablet. That was a great introduction, man. I just got to say I love that, man. 
<laughs> the little ones, man. Hashtag working from home, but yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, baby. Okay, all right. Hang on a second, Joey. I'm gonna move this real quick. There all we right, go. Good night, man. There you go, Rose. Okay. Oh, speaking of, <laughs> but yeah, man. I love kids. I love these kids. They're so funny. Well, I didn't. I didn't think to ask my older brother or sister to grab the tablet from behind the couch. <laughs> there were other people in the room, but I wanted to go to my dad to make sure who was in a completely other end of the house Everything. on a different level of the house and then go to him with this. Uh, she, she's oh, six, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, she, yeah, she's six. Yeah. Oh, man. Love it, dude. That's a great age. Yeah, dude. It's it's amazing. She's she's uh it's kind of interesting to see how she's growing and 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 kind of the the girl woman she's becoming of course you know ivory is a whole different personality so it's kind of it's it's funny getting to know my kids four of them but all four of them have different personalities each one of them and and you gotta gotta kind of learn to watch them and then see how they grow and rose is just you know, lately she's been like just stubborn. She's all full of like fire and brimstone. This kid just wants what she wants. She wants it now, but she wants her daddy to get it. Or, you know, she wants her daddy to sing her to bed, which I'm all about it. I'm like, yes, I will sing to you. Let's go. <laughs> I I love that so much, man. Maya, so my daughter was a complete mama's girl until we had the second child. And then the second child got all the mama's attention, right? You know, uh, feedings, you know, slept in the same bed, all that sort of stuff. And um, mm-hmm. my daughter started to feel left out, obviously. So she became a daddy's girl at that point in time. Made me so happy. But yeah. my, the, the second child is a son. And I'm like, oh, I just want to play with my son. I want to you know, fight with him. And he'll fight with me from time to time. We always have fun. But he always wants to run back to mama. And I'm just like, no, come to me. You want daddy. You want me to put you to bed, right? And he's like, no, I want mommy. And I'm like, ah, you're killing me, kid. You're killing me. That's how Uh, my boys are, too. That's how my boys are, too. Ah, dude, she's coming back downstairs. Give me a a second. Oh, you're you're good, bro. Yes, baby. All right, I will be right back. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to pause real quick. Oh, you're good. Well, while David's gone, it's probably a good time to wrap this back into uh, what we were talking about. Kind of jumped off on a pretty big tangent there and started having like a a real conversation. Um, So when we're talking about right tool for the right job, um, you know, David mentioned bringing a scanner and then he was over modeling. Uh, He put it in his, his tiny car and didn't think to put maybe some cloth around the cloth feet um, or put it in inverted. Um, but, but all these things kind of, you know, they kind of play back. Like if you don't have a plan, if you're using the wrong tool, if you're, um, you're unsure about your processes, and we all are when we first start something, uh, it, it kind of just throws us off and you kind of end up, you know, with, a, with, a, with an error, a nick on our window, if you, if you will, um, that uh, it, it's going to kind of haunt us for a while. You're going to kind of learn from it. You're never going to make that same mistake again. I'm never going to load eight by four lumber in my, uh, my BMW again. Uh, but, but that said, like, um, you, you kind of have to take a step back, plan stuff out, you know, in BIM, we talk about BIM execution plans, 
We talk about, uh, you know, mapping stuff out. We talk about project plans. We talk about all these things, and we kind of want to make sure that we're doing the right processes, but it's all outcome-driven. Like, we know we have got to have this outcome. So David talked about overmodeling stuff, um, but it wasn't fitting his needs. As a perfectionist, you want to do certain things, um, but but you're not getting paid to do all those things. So you got to kind of think about it in that terms. You know, what is the most benefit to the project one? Um, and what is my what is the intended outcome of this project? So let's kind of fill those gaps that way. Uh, so rather than overmodeling everything with a scan, um, you know, going fine detail, let's take it back. Let's focus on bringing in certain elements, maybe just the exterior. Then we'll apply our own wall types to that. Uh, and that can be good enough, right? We don't need to bring in the interior and figure all that stuff out. Or maybe we only do the interior, we don't do the exterior. Either way, we kind of uh, backtrack with the wall types. Um, but then you can take it one step further. So uh, I've been working on this deck project for a month longer than I planned on. I I encountered so many issues with rot. Like I'm, I'm putting on um, uh, my deck, right? And, and I've got all these deck boards and uh, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'll just replace these deck boards with some uh, composite lumber. Um, but then as I get into that project, I'm starting to realize there's all these other issues that are going wrong with the deck. I have to start, you know, re-shifting my plan to kind of figure out all this stuff. But then I realize I don't have the right tools to do all this stuff either. So uh, it gives me a benefit. Uh, Dave, just you're, you're jumping back in. I was talking about... Uh, Yep. Yeah, yeah, I was just talking right ahead, man, doing all my little montage. And I was talking about uh, right tool for the right job. So I was, I was talking about, uh, you know, your car, overmodeling, all that sort of stuff. But I was tying it back in because I'm doing this deck project, man, and I'm going to do a big write-up on this. I've done, you know, a lot of home construction in the past. Um, I'm, uh, you know, pretty pretty good, you know, I've got pretty decent skills, I'll say. Uh, remodeled, a, you know, my, my previous house to the point where we added – two extra uh, bathroom or an extra bathroom, two extra bedrooms, mm-hmm. um, all done myself. No, no, uh, no help. I say no help. Uh, Paul Stuva, you know, bless his heart, man. Yeah. Shout out to Paul. <laughs> oh, shout out to Paul. Dude, dude is, uh, he's down to help and down to learn. So that's great. But, uh, so I'm doing this deck project and I realize I don't have the tools. Like I'm, I want to replane some old boards. Got to go out my surface planer. I've got to, um, uh, I'm out there with a, a, a corded drill because I I used to run battery battery powered uh, uh, tools and they just batteries kept dying. Uh, but you know, lugging around extension cords and cords and all that stuff, it just it just makes your life harder. You end up fighting yourself with all these um, wrong wrong tools, as you'll say. Uh, you know, uh, many many times I find myself trying to rip up old boards, but I don't have pry bars or you know, like I just. I'm trying to like figure yeah. certain things out and uh, uh, I'm going about things the wrong way. And you just got to kind of step back, take a step back, come up with a new plan based off of the new situation that's being presented and then figure out what tools you need at that given time, whether it's a new pickup truck or uh, yeah. uh, a new uh, impact. Or the software actually dude, that ties, that ties into everything. Honestly, I think the right tool for the right job uh, ties to even BIM directly. It's with, always Revit, uh, guys. The right for the right it job is, is always Revit. Always Revit. Always <laughs> Revit. <laughs> but, I mean, really, if you think about it, um, finding the right tool for the right job in terms of software, it is a big it, – it's a big portion of what we do, right? Utilizing BIM 360, if you can utilize it, in what portion of the job can you utilize it? What module can you utilize it? Or Revit, APL, kind of what have you. Is it is it worth it for us to get a – 
a scan kind of processing modeling software like Edgewise, right? Is Edgewise the right tool for this job? Or is it better for me to go take the scan into direct, you know, into Revit directly and model from it? Or, you know, what is it, what, what part of this am I going to use? And I, I think that is an important question for every, every project. And it's something that some, you know, the team should sit down and assess in, I want to say increments throughout the process, throughout the entire um, life cycle of that project to say, are we doing things like the right way, right? Are we doing things optimally right now? Are there any other ideas? Are there any other ways that we can approach this that might do it better? Yeah, that's exactly right, man. Like, so uh, whether you need a total station to lay out points or you want to collect a, you know, use a scanner to capture as-built data, it's it, it or you know software, whatever. It's it's mm-hmm. all about using the right tool for that existing job, for that for that not existing job, for that job, for uh, that, that job, intended yeah. target. Yeah. So uh, kind of tying that back in, you know, you got some kids screaming, man. I hear it. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, they're all upstairs. <laughs> they're they're going upstairs. Oh man. <laughs> fun fun it's, man. I tell you what, dude. Some days. I swear I want it to just be like old school, like WWE, where I want to sit back and just watch the Royal Rumble. But then I'm their parent, and then I'm like, no, I can't do this. I got to stop it, and I got to break it up. But then I'm like, I broke it up so many times. Just let him go. Just, just let him let, go. Just let, just let the future John Cena rise to the <laughs> they top. They figure it out And eventually. roll the other ones in the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't get the chair. No ladders. No weapons. No, Nobody is, is jumping a- from the top of the cage. This is a good old-fashioned Royal Rumble, no cage match, no, 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 uh, watch out for the five-year-old because she bites. Yeah. (laughs) Six-year-old, yeah. Six-year-old bites. That's funny you brought this up, man. I was actually looking at WWE yesterday, and I read this whole article about Undertaker, and, uh, it got me, like, uh, showing, my daughter's like, what are you, what are you reading? Like, she's very, you know, nosy and curious. Yeah. She'll, she'll come over and like stand over my shoulder and start reading. I am like, reading on my phone and she'll start looking. And she's like, who is an undertaker? What is WWE? And I'm like, it, it's WWE. And it's wrestling. And it's WWF. <laughs> and they got sued. And like, I'm going to this whole history and she's like, yeah. Okay. What is it, dad? And I'm like, okay, we'll watch this. And then we'll watch, like, we watched like, um, the uh, Mankind Kane match where yeah, uh, dude. they're in a cage. Mankind. Undertaker or uh, Stone Cold is underneath the. This is before WrestleMania. Stone Cold is underneath the mat, and he was like, "I'm gonna get one of you guys." And as soon as the cage came down, and Mankind was unconscious. He he climbed underneath the the uh, from underneath the ring and mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know beat up Kane. And as Undertaker was trying to climb in through the top. You know, he kicks down, like he's trying to get in there to save Kane. He, you know, kicks down. Dude, WWE, wrestling used to be so awesome, man. Like, it did. It was so, so dramatic. dramatic. Oh, it I was so it, dramatic. As, as a kid, I'm going to say as a kid it was awesome. But now, I think yeah. I would watch it as, as an adult. As I'm, an adult, yeah. yeah. I mean, I like, I like you know, uh, MMA. Yeah. It's, I don't know, as a fan of uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like, I'm I, I like it. I like seeing Anderson Silva is a monster. Yeah. He is a monster. I, I like seeing this stuff, but at the same time, I'm like, man, like, I kind of like the fact, like, everybody back in the day was like, oh, you know what's fake, right? Wrestling, you know what's fake, you know what's pretend. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get that, but so is everything else we're watching. So is the, yeah. the cartoons you're watching. So is the, you know, reality TV show you think 
think is real. So is, you know, so is uh, the politicians you're watching. What it doesn't matter. Whatever you're watching, it's all fake. It doesn't matter. This is like, you know, let me have my little slice of, of wrestling. The best thing now, looking back now, after watching MMA and you see somebody get like just melee and you're like, oh, my gosh, I hope he's all right. I hope he can recover yeah. from that. Now the best thing about wrestling is like I know you know two nights from now they're gonna be fine like they're gonna yeah, come back that's and true. attack somewhere and I kind of that's definitely like, true yeah. oh man but but it yeah. got me looking at all that stuff man but yeah it was uh, another tangent off of a tangent sorry you uh, where, the, uh, where the tangents take us yeah you piqued my my interest man but, but anyways now my daughter's kind of hooked she's like. Well, this is actually pretty cool. Like, I I'd watch this. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So we watched this show. Uh, the Big Show has a sh- his own sitcom now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, Mick Foley was on an episode and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, that's remember him. He he was on this episode. And she's like, oh okay. I didn't realize this is what they did. I'm like, yeah, this is why they're famous. This is why the Big Show has a show. <laughs> Gosh. I can't watch. I cannot let my kids watch wrestling or uh, Power Rangers or anything like that. Because if I do, like right afterwards, it just, yeah, yeah, my house turns into a ring. And next thing we know, they're all just, yeah, my son Gabe. I agree off the couch dude with is the just, people's elbow. That's exactly what it is, dude. <laughs> she will do it. And Gabe will be screaming at the top of his lungs before he does, he like, wraps her up in a freaking choke hold that he's like holding her back with and i'm like no stop guys this is crazy <laughs> or he'll get me they you know what's their 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 plan really is um to wait until dad's unsuspecting on the couch and then all four of them run and jump on me and most of the time i can try to you know push my way out but sometimes they learn moves in wwe and and with power rangers where Dad is like, what are you doing right now? No, stop with my throat. No, oh, <laughs> this no, is not no. okay. Yeah. yeah, right. Like, no, guys, let's uh, let's pause here. And yeah, I, so we, uh, we don't watch wrestling anymore. But Gabe, I tell you what, that dude, uh, my son Gabriel, he's uh, what? Gosh, he's he's eight, going on nine now. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of crazy. But he's so wiry and he has all this energy. And dude loves wrestling. He loves wrestling. I want to get him into uh, jujitsu. I want to get him into jujitsu. Did, did he just have a birthday? Yeah, actually, April 20, uh, 29th. Because yep. I was at your birthday, uh, his birthday, this uh, in April last year. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yep. 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 Mike, uh, Mike, turned, Mike turned four. Rose is going to be turning six in November. Gabe just turned nine, and Ivory is going to be turning 11 in August. Oh, man. That girl's – yep. yeah, I'm not looking forward to those years. I've got three, a seven. My seven-year-old is going on 16, I swear. Um, <laughs> and one more on the way. But I am done, man. There will be no fourth child, damn it. There is. Dude, it will be adopted. More power to you, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. More power to you, dude. Yeah. I, I, man, I've had four, and I'm just learning. Like I'm like, oh. This was too many, but we're dealing with it. <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up uh, one of six, uh, so I'm used to the big families. I just, yeah. uh, it, you know, I always just thought people got by. They just did it. It was fine. Yeah. Now looking back, I'm like, damn, my mom was a saint. Like, yes. somebody freaking, you know, knight her. Like, she, 
<laughs> she needs to be a saint right now. Like that. Oh my gosh, that's man. funny. Yeah, that's no, dude, you know what I found is like I love it. I love the fact that they they always keep you on your toes. It's always something kind of new. You're constantly learning from them, and they're learning from you. You know, you, you got to think differently a little bit when you're with kids in yeah. terms of just I don't know. They're always curious, right? Even Ivory today, we're out tamping the yard. Like I I um I ended up taking this weekend to build. A, uh, a raised garden in the backyard I had three yards of dirt so another excuse me another kind of learning you know lesson learned uh, kind of portion of life here is I, I thought I was measuring great for this raised bed I was like oh yeah I got this much length I got okay base times width times height right cool I know volume I can calculate this in the yards and cool Let's do about three yards, five, a little bit extra, right? I, I should be good to go. Like, I'll just, three I'll yards just a lot know, of dirt, use it. Man. That's a lot of dirt, dude. That's and a lot of dirt, man. They, they brought in <laughs> three yards of dirt, and I'm like, well, that was half of a dump truck full. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I fill up this raised garden. I fill up these 15-gallon pots because I'm like, okay, well, we're going to plant Adrian's like, lavender rosemary i love plants if i'm if i'm honest with all of you guys out there i love anything that i can you know produce like give to my family give to other people like plants i always love plants flowers you know lavender rosemary i have snapdragons i have kind of everything that i can grow out here like i just do and um this all has been so exciting but I, you know i was like all right cool we're filling up all these 15 gallon pots i'm like cool I can put all my lettuce in here. I can put tomatoes in here, peppers in here. And, you know, we can put the melons, tomato, you know, planting all this out. I get everything set out and I still have this huge dirt pile in my front yard. And I'm looking at it like, oh, you know, lemons into lemonade, right? Let's let's spread this stuff out and let's try to level out the front yard that I destroyed with Joey and Paul like <laughs> two years ago trying to fix this water break. You know, the sewer main break that I had in my front yard. After that, I kind of left my yard all lumpy and stuff. I'm like, ah, I just don't want to deal with it right now. So, hey, some extra some extra dirt we got? Cool. And, you know, I'm going to spread it all over the front yard. <laughs> so I learned this lesson. I think I had three yards delivered, too, uh, with mulch. Uh, they delivered three yards of mulch, dumped it in my front driveway, and drove off. I... I had no idea how much three yards was. <laughs> that was that was an eye opener. I filled. Yeah, dude. I, I had raised beds uh, lining around <laughs> around my front uh, uh, front of my house, my front yard, all of the perimeter. There was raised beds. That was the with like trees and bushes and all that stuff all the way around. I filled yeah. every one of those and still had half of the pile <laughs> left, man. It was it was insane. It was so much. Yeah. For a little while there, I was like, man, what am I going to do with this stuff? I'm thinking about, am I going to get on Nextdoor and Facebook? Like, hey, guys, free dirt. I ordered too much. You know, what am I going to do here? Finally, I was like, you know, why don't we just take a few stakes and we're going to take some string, wrap them around it. And, you know, I put them at the bottom of the stake and kind of the bottom of the stake on the other end. Like, let's get a good pitch here. Let's get a decent slope. And uh, let's just see kind of what I have in terms of runoff from the house, how much how much I need. And honestly, as I as I did that and I started laying it out, I'm looking at the string. I'm like, actually, I might be able to make this work. And went through with a rake, you know, kind of raked it around and bought a tamper. And that was interesting. 
I've really learned why you wear safety glasses when you wear when you use a tamper because you will get smacked in the face by some mud because it does rain in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> and when you go to tamp some mud, it does splash. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. She was she's like, oh dad, can I do this? And I'm like, sure, baby. You know, just uh, you know that this this dirt is a little wet, so you know you're tamping it. And she's just yeah all right and i'm like okay all right and all over her face dude she was like it hit me right in the face yeah dirt's good for you i uh, oh, yeah. yeah i learned the lesson about safety glasses actually before we left uh texas uh you know i i'd try and you know be uh, somewhat you know safety conscious like, uh, you know, maybe one out of every two or three times. Depends on what I was cutting, right? So maybe one out of every two or three times I'd wear safety glasses while cutting. From using my circular saw, I, I never wore safety glasses. Yeah. But if I was using the table saw, I'd always use them. It just depended on the machine I was using. Um, but then I went to the eye doctor, and they're like, look, you've got this buildup of debris in your eye. It needs to be laser removed. It's called a penguicula. Um, you know, it shouldn't mess with your vision or anything. But I've actually noticed my vision – Going downhill, they actually gave me some glasses that I, I just never wear, man. I just I can't get used to the glasses on my face. I just yeah. can't it's do it. It's hard. Yeah. It is hard. Like even when I use my circular saw, I don't use glasses a lot of times unless unless I use uh well unless I'm cutting like plywood or something like MDF or anything like that that's gonna something that splinters. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I've had too many times when I've actually caught something in my eye and I it just it sucks. Yeah. So I, I, I was going to say, even with the greenhouse, dude, I was stupid enough to try and cut the plastic of the greenhouse oh. without, I, no, buddy, yeah. no, don't yeah. do that. Boys and girls do not cut any corrugated plastic without safety glasses. Yeah. You I heard it from Dave. I, I wear safety glasses. I say, I won't say all the time. I'll say probably like 99.9% of the time I wear safety glasses. So I've got this surface planer, uh, which is awesome, man. I, I turned old deck wood into uh, stairs for my kid's trampoline. I turned old yeah. deck wood into a new planter box, a raised, raised garden bed. Um, like, it turns old wood into to new wood. I, I, I just love planers. I had a, a joiner planer in Oregon, and now I, I never had a surface planer, though, a uh, thickness planer. Um, you know, the one that you feed like a 12 and a half sheet of, you can feed up to a 12 and a half sheet of board to. It takes it all off one side. I had like a... I think it was like a six and a quarter craftsman planer or something like that, where it only do a little bit at a time and flip yeah. it over. Or I had an electric planer, which I think I gave to Paul. Um, but it, you know, it allowed me to do all this stuff, but this is pressure treated lumber, man. I think from like the, the nineties. So it's got to have arsenic in it. It's got to have all kinds of, you know, crap. In it, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'm like, I'm putting on like the full, uh, not just, I've got like sports safety glasses that'll like contour no, you in my got face. The middle school chemistry, but like, yeah, the chemistry but, class. But I've, got the, goggles on. but I've got the big ones too that like the, you know, it's got like an over, over part that'll like, uh, you know, butt up yeah. against your forehead and it like cups, like it bubbles over. Like I've got those yep. and I've actually got full goggles. I'm out there with all that stuff. Oh, yeah, this stuff is not getting my go, eyes, man. Dude, right? Yeah. I, I uh, and, and if anybody on this podcast hasn't, you know, run uh, run a planer before, um, running like four boards through a planer will sh- fill your shop back full of shavings. That's how much comes off of it. It's insane how much 
uh, comes out. And this is like uh, maybe an, an eighth to a quarter of an inch off of each side. No, probably a quarter inch total. Uh, an eighth yeah. of an inch of uh, Yeah. So it varied in length based off of the application. So these are recycled boards that I pulled from my, uh, my deck. Oh, so, your deck. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah that's right. I took off my old deck. I ended up, you know, like I was just like, Oh, I'm only going to do the deck, the, the, the planks on it. That'll be fine. I'll put composite down. And as I'm ripping up the composite, I'm realizing that the spindles are rotted on one. <laughs> Some parts. Structure's yeah. bad. The stairs are just garbage. So I rebuilt the stairs and I have them coming out with a landing. Uh, so anyways, I took the, the, the stringers from the stairs, which weren't true stringers. They were just um, uh, two by tens um, that had like, uh, like one by four braces on them screwed in. So they weren't like stringers where, where um, the step that where the tread would actually sit on on a cutout of the wood. Yeah, it was still a, a, a full two by ten stringer. It's just that they had a one by four leveled off and they would that they just they were just resting on that one by four that was screwed in the side of the stringer. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, I just pulled all this off and I ripped out every screw, everything. You know, I went through it with the fine tooth comb and uh, uh, just ran it through the planer a few times. Um, and the, the wood came out great. You know, after about a, an eighth of an inch on each side came out fantastic. Yep. It was totally usable. Um but uh, running it through that man, like uh, my shot back was was completely full. My no, trash, that, dude. My, my trash can's full of lem- lumber. I'm I've got uh, <laughs> piles of lumber that I still need to get up there. My neighbor uh, down the hill, he's uh, he's got this fire pit in his backyard. He's like, why don't you just burn that? I'm like, because it's got arsenic, and I love my kids just a little too much. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Like, no, you know, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no thanks. I'll line, you know, it might be good for a raised bed. We'll line the, uh, we'll line it with some, you know, heavy duty plastic or something plastic. like that. Plastic, yeah, um, dude. There you go. Yeah. What is that like? You know, ten gauge plastic. That stuff's thick, man. Yeah, that's actually what I used out here because we bought the pond plastic to do the whole holding tank for the aquaculture, aqua, aquaponics, aquaculture. Um, we haven't finished it yet and i don't have time to finish that yet so i'm like what can i do to get my plants in the garden right now plants in the ground and i don't want to put them in just soil so you know what on plastic it up and let's do a raised bed it's it's actually really good though because it helps trap moisture yep <laughs> oh, pardon me it helps trap moisture which um depending on what you're using when i was in oregon i used this dirt called brahma was it uh brahma or uh, I don't know. There I'm was a company local landscaping, like three-way. That's what I'm using. Uh, yeah, this is just a brand of one of the local companies out there. They would deliver, man. That stuff would like it would just, you know, make my tomatoes fuller. Like it just, it was so, yeah. so, yeah. so nutrient rich. Um, so spending, you know, decent money on something like that always makes sense. But like yep. it just helps that stuff thrive though because it's trapping that moisture and it's. It's kind of recirculating that those nutrients inside of there. They're not, you know, being leached down underneath into the soil. Um, yeah. I don't know. It does pretty well. But uh, Dude, this is coming from a guy so that's much about growing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've been learning so much about like nutrient retention and the different types of soil and how they hold moisture and what like cocoa fiber and hydroton and different things like that. Just how your different mediums, your grow medium can affect kind of what you have and yeah. how, you know, it affects your harvest. And <clears throat> well, it's, it's been an interesting learning, a learning curve. It really has. 
it's what you grow too, though, right? So, you know, without getting yep. into like the hippy dippiness of this all, but like there's there's a difference between uh, monocropping and um, uh, you know growing things to help help your soil and rotating yep. uh, rotating rotating uh, your uh, crops. Oh yeah. yeah, even in Indiana, you know that soil or that uh, uh, corn is actually gonna uh, what is it gonna leave or is it gonna take like once you grow corn. You got to grow like peanuts or something. You got to grow soy, actually. That's why they grow soy in Indiana, too. They'll rotate crops because when the soy dies and, you know, they they harvest it and everything like that, it leaves the soil nutrient rich for the corn the next year. They can't do the same because it'll rob those nutrients. Yeah, dude. It's it's an awesome science that um, really, I think, needs to be explored more. But, you know what I mean? Well, Well, that's how colleges in the South and everything were actually started, like. They were all about um, uh, uh, plant husbandry and stuff and trying to grow better plant. Like Texas A&M, all these schools were actually set up as uh, farming schools. They were to teach people about farming. So, I mean, I think we got a pretty good handle on that sort of stuff. It's like getting that information down to the people like you and me. Because, you know, I went to school I you know for geography. We studied, you know, soils. We studied all that stuff. I can't tell you shit about the meta soil. I don't know crap. Yeah. Like I, I don't remember any of yeah. that stuff. Uh, and but uh, somebody screamed bloody murder, bud. <laughs> oh, dude, that's that's Rose, and she's yelling at somebody else. That's 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 the tone that she likes to use in the house. We've been working in the whole like indoor and outdoor thing, and then controlling her her screaming because it's like, hey, uh, the neighbors might think something's going on here. <laughs> you need to tone this scream down a little bit when you get upset. And and honestly, I know, so I've, uh, obviously I'm her dad, but I know this is not her upset scream. This is her play scream. And I'm sitting here listening to it like, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's listen for key factors of uh, you know, <laughs> you know the higher pitch. Yeah, 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 you you're listening to it because you're like, all right, all right, is this an, a level where I need to go upstairs or is this okay? You, you no, she's her, cool. You need to teach her the stunner or the walls of Jericho. Or the, <laughs> uh, the no, I do not. No, I do not because to help her do out, that man. to Gabe or Michael. And I'm going to come in there and she's going to be like having them down, like bending them backwards. Like, hey, dad, <laughs> I'm doing it. Or Adrian will go in in there and Adrian will be like, what oh, are you yeah. doing? And dad showed me this. Dad told me. You oh, weren't yeah, supposed well, to tell her that. Uh, come on, keep uh, I've been teaching my kids uh, uh, just very simple um, uh, jujitsu moves, right? So like yep. I'll uh, pretend my arm is a snake and uh, I'll be laying down and my daughter will wrap her arms around my or legs around my arm, pull my arm down, lift her arm hips up, bar. get me in an arm bar. Like I'll show them like basic stuff like that. Um, I just, I don't think you could ever be, they could ever be too young to like start them down that path, man. No, you're right. Actually. So with ivory, I've worked on her, um, like a keto a little bit using your opponent's momentum against you. When you try to, when, if somebody ever tries yeah, to grab you, you and then, yeah. yeah. And then wrist manipulation. So the army taught me a lot of, of course, um, like fight, fight kind of thoughts, I guess. You want to close the gap. You want to use your opponent's momentum. And, you know, you want wrist manipulation, the pain or pressure points that you can utilize, arm bars, you know, leg bars, ankle bars, chokes, like the different types of chokes, you name it. And I've kind of been going over some of this stuff with Ivory, my oldest, just because 
I want her to know, like, if anybody grabs you, you are not powerless. If somebody puts their hand on you, they grab you on your shoulder, yeah. what have you. No, you can control an entire person with just their wrist and just a little bit of pressure. If you turn that wrist, oh, man, their body will follow. It's insane uh, how much like just turning certain things or applying a little bit of pressure into into people's bodies, like certain places, what it can make them do. And, and especially with girls, like my girls, oh yeah, dude, no. My girls are gonna know, like somebody puts their hand on you, this is what you need to do. Like you don't need to hurt them in a, in a sense, but it's gonna hurt them a little bit, Yeah. right? <laughs> you, you know, let them know that this is not okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to kind of figure out that point of where it's, you know, they're of that age maturity level where they can know something like this, because if, if they, they're not mature enough, it, it could get them in trouble. You know what I mean? I'm not showing Gabe choke holds, like the butterfly choke, uh-huh. the rear naked choke, all that stuff. Cause if I do, dude's going to be doing it to his brother. He's going to be doing it to everybody. He gets like, Showed you know, in school. school yeah. yeah. Oh, my dad showed me this. And, oh, You're going to be push, that parent. You just push their head forward when you do this or pull it back so you can get here. Oh, this is a blood choke and this is an air choke. No. <laughs> yep. Uh, when I was in sixth grade, I grew up in Texas. And when I was in sixth grade, I had this awesome teacher, Miss um, Ortiz. Uh, and she took us to right across the street to her uh, – uh, where she took, um, it was her dojo, is where she took um, Taekwondo. Yeah. It's Taekwondo. Yeah, Taekwondo. Um, and she was like a third degree black belt Taekwondo. There's like 40, 50 year old lady. And it was awesome, like seeing seeing this. But anyways, like the one one move that I remember that they taught everybody is if somebody grabs your wrist, you can control their whole body once they grab their wrist by locking up their wrist, and you can force them to their knees. Like it's, it was such a cool move and it's like kind of stuck with me. Um, and it's actually why I like jujitsu is being able to control other people's body with, with simple movements, be able to kind of, it's kind of like a dance, like where you can control them. If they do this, you can do this to them, like that sort of thing. Uh, it's not so much about the technical striking, but, uh, yep. it was just one of my cool... favorite moves, like still to this day is the hip toss, which I yeah. learned in, in jujitsu. Oh yeah, dude. Using your opponent's momentum, if somebody comes up and grabs you from behind, ah, oh, come on, it's over. That's a hip yeah. toss. You're already side, on the ground. I'm pulling you back step. up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's already flipping you over, and we're yeah. going to town. Let's go. Yeah. But, dude, yeah, I love jujitsu, and I think that just, I mean, I don't know, dude. I, I think that a lot of that teaches you discipline. It teaches you different ways to kind of understand what you're doing, right? But they have to be of that maturity level at the same time. That's exactly right, man. So in this episode, we've talked about uh, kids, wrestling, uh, and cars, man. Uh, this, the, the title of this episode should be... A little bit uh, of BIM, just a little bit of BIM. Less about BIM, more about life. Uh, that should be the, this episode. Um, but, but, I mean, we did talk about laser scanning, and that is an important thing, especially in things that we do. Uh, scans well, are... And I think, I think another thing is u- utilizing the right tool for the right job. Yeah. I think that's big. Yeah, we're, we're trying to tie this all together, all our tangents, by saying Ray tool for the right job. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, sometimes it's all together, just man. a tangent, man. Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Sometimes a tangent is just a tangent. But, it is. Uh, you know, like, I kind of like, 
think when I think about all of this stuff, when I think about life, when I think about when I think about working on cars, when I think about you know raising my kids, uh, when I think about you know BIM and construction, it doesn't matter what. The number one thing that I always kind of underappreciate is a plan. I know you can only plan for certain things, but like uh, in construction projects, whether it's my deck, a commercial project, whatever, is a lack of a plan that screws me over more often than not. Uh, when raising my kids, like I don't I have no freaking idea what I'm doing 90% of the time. Every year my kid gets older, I, I know less. Like I know less and less and less. Um, you know, when they get to 17, I feel like I might have a good understanding because I vaguely remember 17, 18 years old. But uh, I don't remember being, a, you know, a 10-year-old kid or a 7-year-old kid, and I don't really know. No. Hard to relate to. It's hard to. It's hard to do. So I mean, it's it kind of hard. Like always coming up with that. People plan. say that you need to kind of remember what it's like when you were a kid, and at that age, it's so hard to do. I, I have to take a step back more often than not. I'll be like scolding my child for doing something which to any person would seem be seem like they did something really wrong, like it's a big deal. But then I take a step back and I'm like. Well, yes, it's a big deal if you're, you know, 25 years old and you you know that that's wrong. But if you're seven years old, it's actually not a big deal. Like I'm I'm flipping out for no reason. Like take a step back, rethink it. Like okay, you're I am so sorry. You were actually were not in the wrong as much as I thought. You were in the wrong. This is a lesson you're going to learn in life. That is not something you do. But you're seven, and something you're going to do. It is fine. You're good. Like. Yep. Dude, I've been, I've been, I've been hard. I've been up on my kids lately about choices. That's when my, one of my biggest thing is knowing that you're making these choices and your choices have, you know, consequences. Yeah. They have effects on, on what you do. And, and, and like, if you don't make the right choice, it may not, you know, the situation may not turn out in the way that you want it to. And I, that's been so hard. Yeah. I, I don't know if you, um, you were part of this video or maybe, or maybe I think it made its way around our office, but uh, it was this video about um, the different parenting st- styles. It was two dads and one was like super, you know, more conservative. Maybe one was more liberal or something like that. Like, you know, you know go get me another beer out of the fridge. And the other one is like, no, you can only have soy milk. You know, like it was just very hilarious. Yeah. But, but uh, one of them was like, do you think you made good choices? Do you, do you think the choices that you made were choices that you would make if they were good choices? Like, just kept like, it was so hilarious. So when you were just saying like, you know, make choices, like that just popped in my head. And I actually hear my wife saying that. Now she's like, are you making good choices? Do you think you're making good choices? And I hear that. And I just, I think of that video and I just die laughing inside. Oh man. Yeah. But I can do that. Let her be the bad guy for a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we can we can kind of let them be the bad guy every once in a while. <laughs> I'm the bad guy too often, so so I say let her have it. All right, bro. I think I gotta jump off here. My kids are getting a little a little extra wily here, so I gotta oh. go make dinner. Oh, you're good, man. It's <laughs> nine o'clock here, buddy. I'm uh I'm gonna go uh, put my kiddos to bed, man. Take it easy, and uh, as always, guys, thanks for tuning in to Bring with Bim. Yeah, thank you uh, again for tuning in with us, and we look forward to the next episode.